Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let Loose with Moose. Today I have a very dear friend, UV. Hello, UV. How are you? Hi, Moose. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited. Super excited, right? It's like a fan meet right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we go way fan. back. Yeah, so maybe you could begin with a self-introduction of yourself, right? And of course, your crypto origin story as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, so yeah, I'm UV. Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer by profession. My story is kind of similar to uh, 563 that you had on recently, uh, except he's aero and I'm mech. But uh, yeah, I have a background in uh, defense, defense engineering. Uh, so instead of rockets and planes and whatever 563 looks at, I, uh, I specialize in weapon systems. Um, and yeah, I kind of, I just got curious about DeFi it was probably, uh, I think it was yeah, around 2020, uh, late 2020. I was overseas for some work and uh, yeah, I just started learning a bit about DeFi and just got really involved, uh, mostly from a from an engineering perspective. Uh, I, I find it very fascinating to to bring economic functions on chain. Uh, so I just started doing a lot of research and writing my thoughts. And uh, yeah, here we are. A few years later, I'm more involved than I've ever been. Nice. I mean, we're, we're the same background, I believe, um, in the crypto side, where we're both like joined. No, wait, you joined in 2020, right? So actually, you're yeah, earlier than me, even. I'm like class of 2021. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, late 2020, I got some uh, some Bitcoin and some uh, some Binance coin. Uh, I got uh, I bought BNB when it was like 30 30 bucks or something and then it ran up to like 300 so and I, no nah, man i mean <laughs> i didn't buy that much um but uh it was kind of my first foray into it and i was just like this is absolutely ridiculous like how how is how does this work how you know uh i started looking into liquidity and a bit more on-chain functions and stuff and uh, i just got super fascinated by it the maths behind it the principles of it um yeah, I think when you start looking into those kind of fundamentals and you start to compare what's how like how markets work in traditional finance and how they work in crypto, uh, it becomes a lot more than magic internet stuff that doesn't exist. You know, you, you start to realize what what these applications are actually capable of. Right, and then did you get into like DeFi on on like which chain was it first? Uh, yeah, I got it. I got into DeFi on Phantom. Um, Same. Yeah, and I think it was actually just because uh, it was just easy to on ramp. Uh, the fees were so cheap, so it was just the, the easiest way for me to get into DeFi was through Phantom. And then, uh, yeah, I just you know, as as most of the Phantom people of 2020 did, just got into you know Spooky Swap, Spirit Swap, all those applications, and uh, I fell in love with. Reaper farm and auto compounding, and uh, yeah, just started. Uh, that's that's when I got started really with the uh, Oath community and the the Bart Masons guys. So it's kind of just snowballed since. Right, nice. And I like how you mentioned about the Bart Masons because um, I've seen your Twitter profile, right? And we know that you're an Oath ecosystem contributor. 
So mm. how did how did that actually go about? Like you were just part of their users, right? As as a DeFi user in Phantom using their products, and like how did you end up becoming like contributing with with them? Uh, yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, I did. I started out just using the products, and uh, when I was doing my research and writing, I just wanted somewhere to publish my content and i i didn't know about like substack and medium and all that kind of stuff at the time i was i was just doing DeFi and and maths and stuff so i reached when they it was around about the time when they started the learn uh the learn platform LearnFi, and so i reached out to the team uh, it was corval and Brickfrog at the time and uh yeah i just asked them if i could publish some of my stuff on the site and they were super happy to do it so the the first ever modeling DeFi article, it was it was on auto compounding. I was curious about the math, so so I investigated it and you know I wrote a piece about it, and they really liked it. And so they were like, "Hey, why don't we turn this into like a bit of a series?" I was like, "Cool." I started writing some more pieces, and it I mean it turned into like a nine piece series, which is pretty cool. And I think that's where that's kind of where it all started. I, I uh, you know I got to know the guys and they. I showed them some of my maths and some of my models and stuff, and they really liked it. And uh, in particular, the the multi-strat piece uh, about adjusting allocations for optimum performance. That I think that's the piece that probably caught uh, Samson and Bebus's eyes the most. And that's kind of when they reached out, and we started uh, just discussing a bit more about contributing and. We started talking about stuff and yeah that's probably where it really kicked off yeah nice but before we go a bit into your modeling DeFi series right then maybe could you share a bit of what you are doing now um, as a contributor with them like are you just writing articles doing some calculations could you share a bit about that yeah uh so i actually recently uh quit my last job Ooh. uh so yeah yeah big change so for the next few months, I'm I'm full time, I'm full time uh, working with the Bart Masons guys. Um, and yeah, I, I I wrote a lot of the docs for Reaper Farm, uh, and then subsequently wrote a lot of the docs for Ethos Reserve. Uh, and going forward, I'll be just helping out writing a lot more articles and uh, long form content. But I'm also more predominantly on the uh, the engineering and math side, working on some uh, risk and performance optimization infrastructure. Uh, just mm-hmm. like monitoring, monitoring architecture and uh, and security. Yeah, it seems like predominantly for multi strats. Mm-hmm. Nice, interesting. It, it seems like a lot of people are leaving their jobs right now to go full time into crypto myth. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were there were many uh, there were many impetuses for me to leave my last job. Uh, I had a great time; it was a it was an excellent career, but uh, it required me to move around quite a bit. And uh, I, I got married uh, earlier this year, and so I kind of just want to stay home for a bit and uh, you know just be with my be with my wife and just so settle nice. down. Yeah, it's so it's, nice to hear. And, and huge congrats to you, yeah. by the way, for the marriage. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and you are writing about my modeling DeFi series, right? So I'm actually, I actually have your medium open right now uh, on my screen. So oh, cool, cool. We, we can kind of go in a bit into that. So you, you talk about pretty deep topics um, like what convexity and your modeling DeFi series uh, kind of covers things like what compounding, lending, um, incentives, multi-strats. Um, delta neutral strategies, boosted pools, convexity. It's it's all like the big words, right? I wouldn't have a single clue what it even means. And, and yeah, of course, uh, yeah. Then you have your zero alpha thesis on the OF ecosystem. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, each one of those articles started because uh, there was like you know, key infrastructure in some kind of DeFi application that I was using. And either the word kept coming up, such as the case of convexity, or, uh, you know, it was just something that I wanted to understand better. And I found, you know, a lot of people writing threads or making videos or whatever. Uh, and I just wanted a clear explanation of what, how this thing was working. And I, for a lot of the time, I just couldn't find it anywhere. So I was like, you know what? I'll just do the research. I'm going to write a piece about it. And the reason that I decided to write a piece was because it, it forces me to, to be succinct and to, uh, to actually assimilate the information. And if I can explain it simply, then I should understand it, right, as, as Feynman would suggest. Mm -hmm. So... For each one of these pieces, you know, convexity, for example, I just kept hearing that word and I was like, what is this thing? So I researched it, I wrote the piece on it, and I, I, I hope that it explains it well enough that, you know, anyone can jump into it and get a better understanding. Um, and, and I enjoyed writing those pieces, so I started writing a bit more broadly. as you know, a piece on some uh, NFT law for one of Lynn's uh, collections. Mm -hmm. There's some essays in there, some more uh, philosophical stuff. And, uh, yeah, my my Oath Ecosystem thesis, which, uh, yeah, I just I wrote that because, uh, yeah, it just seemed important to me at the time to, uh, you know, I obviously I hold some oath, uh, if, that, if anyone cares about that. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just you know, it's it's. I think it's important when you when you do. It's one of my very few holdings, right? Like I, I don't hold a lot of tokens. I don't I don't really trade much, but uh, I wanted to understand why I was holding the token and why I was investing so much time uh, into helping the guys out and and writing that. It it helped. You know, I was like, this is this is heading in the right direction. I'm I'm more than happy to be on board with this. Mm -hmm. And I actually really enjoy reading your your modeling DeFi series on kind of just the topics they write about, right? Like because it's something that I generally might not know of, or may I have seen the term floating around, like some like like you, right? And then, but I don't really go and bother when research or like kind of learn up what that term is. So I actually do enjoy reading what you post. Like sometimes even even after you, I read through your stuff, I don't understand what is going on as well, but. I think it's really, really nice that you're doing this, right? Because you're kind of covering things that people might not understand, but yet no one is kind of writing about them, um, or at least within the the circle that we have on Twitter, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
I mean, if there's ever something I write about that you don't understand, please, please let <laughs> me know. But, yeah, I appreciate the kind words. Yeah, I mean, totally. I mean, totally would recommend people to go and read on, on what you write. Like, we're gonna drop the the medium link um, down below in the description box. So, for those who are listening, please feel free to go check it out. Right, you, I'm pretty pretty sure that everyone will at least have something in there that they will learn about. Like, it's gonna be something new for them. Yeah, I hope so. Yep, and actually, why why do you write about these kind of things? Is like. Why does it mean so much to you? Or just because, like when you mentioned, you're just part of your curiosity and because um, if I can write about it, that means I understand it, right? That's why you say it. So is that purely the reason or, or like what kind of drives the curiosity behind it? Yeah, well, that, that's a big thing for me is just to, to know that I understand it. Um, but I mean, it also helps with... Uh, like the strategy development side on the on the engineering side of things to to really understand how these things are working you can build uh, you can build features on top of it um but yeah my, like my research background is in uh, mechanical design optimization uh and so the whole the whole concept of automation for optimization and and performance and you know, my professional background is in risk management. So putting all those things together, it really are. Uh, it, it embodies what what crypto is trying to be and what DeFi is trying to be. So call it a personal passion or whatever you will, but it just, I find it very fascinating. And so I, I enjoy spending my time on it. Nice. All right. And, and let's move on to the next topic there, right? It's been really nice to hear about this, but I kind of want to listen a little bit about your research process um in protocols right like um you mentioned earlier that you don't hold a lot of coins but i i want to hear about the process behind that of what do you do before you click that buy button and I, i'm sure since you have uh you hold very little tokens i believe that you have a strict process right so let's hear about that yeah for sure so um yeah i mean a lot of people are looking for uh, you know, tracking tracking movement of funds and whatnot, and uh, inflow outflow of stablecoins whatnot. I don't really, I don't really do any of that. Um, I don't really look at what the numbers are doing. Uh, I, I just prefer to look at uh, what the product is uh, and and how the team is going about it. Uh, that's probably the 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 two only things that I really care about. If um, if the product makes sense and if the product uh, something that I'm kind of realizing now as well as uh, the the product needs to leverage blockchain technology in ways that traditional markets can't so if all you're doing is bringing is tokenizing real world assets for example which is a pretty hot topic right now if if your protocol tokenizes real world assets I couldn't care less uh, because real-world assets exist off-chain, so unless you're unless you're advancing the financial instrument or providing some kind of feature that isn't available off-chain, why would anyone take the risk of purchasing it on-chain when there's so much more insurance available off-chain? Right. Having said that, there are 
genuine use cases uh, for tokenizing real world assets and 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 other pro and other uh, products uh, that you can do on chain that you can't do off chain. And, and uh, I think one of my uh, medium articles talks about it, uh, in particular on convexity and the ability to not only bring bonds on chain, but to issue bonds in ways that traditional markets don't allow. Uh, so, yeah, and then I guess the, the other side of the coin is what, how the team goes about it, and that's really, um, you know, there's so much risk in the space. So uh, I, I'm looking for teams that understand how to manage it or at least are seeking appropriate ways to manage it and are going about business in the right ways. Uh, yeah, beyond that, like token up, token down, I'm not buying and selling on a time frame that that is greatly influenced by short-term catalysts and whatnot. Uh, yeah. it's, not, it's not something that I'm good at, so I just don't even try. Yeah, you, you kind of sound a bit like the more long-term investor, right? You're just here for the whole whole journey instead of for the short-term yeah. short rights, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I look at the guys who, are, who, who trade professionally and, and the amount of information they consume. Um, to compete with that level, like maybe if I committed my time and energy to consuming the same kind of information as them, but I'm just I'm more interested in other things, and the things that I'm interested in don't lend themselves to short time trading. And so, you know, I just stick to what I'm good at, and that's not trading. Yeah, but actually, this is kind of good for builders. I think, like like yourself, right? Like if you're into helping to grow the protocol, right? You're writing about all this math stuff, the calculations behind it. Then um, the short term price action really shouldn't matter to you, right? Because you know what you're you're aiming for, right? What you're gonna build what you want to achieve so the rest is just noise yeah and the the stuff that i do publish the research that i do publish there's there's layers of research behind it that don't get published because they have some kind of engineering edge that you know if i make it all public then what am i left with right but uh these are engineering edges not really trading edges so Currently, they're going towards um, like building out ByteMason's security tech and risk management stuff. Yeah, but actually, I want to go back to to the point where you mentioned earlier about the um, RWA, right? Because that's a pretty hot take. Oh. Like, even though I don't, I mentioned that I'm not a fan of RWA at at, at the moment, but um, I do believe that there are use cases, right? Like, maybe even outside of um, let's say financial services right like you mentioned um, bringing bonds on chain um, or like tokenizing some other stuff that has no benefits bringing on chain right mm. so yeah I mean like one example that I like to use is um, tokenizing real estate right like imagine if you could just buy and sell transfer the ownership on chain with a click of a button and go without the, the middleman, the agents, or what whatsoever, because then you could save a lot in, in fees, right? In that sense. Yeah. So I do believe that there are some use cases like what. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, securing. Uh, yeah, hundred uh, percent agree. Um, I mean, tokenizing real estate. It. 
I think, look, there, there are going to be stages to these things. Um, the infrastructure, there's, I think people forget about the off-chain infrastructure that's required to support on-chain infrastructure. And if you, I don't know, mint an NFT that's the deed to your house, um, that you can't send that to someone and they now own your house without <laughs> some kind of off-chain legal infrastructure, right? Yeah. Um, and so in order to in order to build that out and scale it, it's going to take a very, very long time. So the first protocol that you see that says they're bringing real estate on-chain is probably not the one that's going to hit big and get it right. So it, I understand that, you know, it's, it's a hot topic and it's probably going to happen, um, but these things require iterations and they require um, survival of the fittest. And it's just extremely unlikely that the first one that claims that they're bringing bonds on chain or bringing real estate on chain or whatever it is, it's just very unlikely that they're the one who will get it right straight away and go big. Uh, that's not to say that there won't be any, you know, pumping coins or whatever. Like to token price might go up, I don't know. But in order to iterate through these designs, uh, a lot of protocols are going to have to fail. Yeah, I mean, they didn't even have to have a token, right? Like, it's probably not even needed in that sense. Correct. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. There, there are already protocols or like projects who are doing this tokenizing of real estate or like bonds like you mentioned, right? And definitely we'll see, I believe, right, that we'll see a lot more to come in, in the future and definitely they're going to be improved upon just like how DeFi 1.0 went to 2.0 we're going to see a lot of changes right like what works what doesn't and then people are going to improve on that and things will get better yeah that, that's what I like to think yeah and I think we also have to ask uh, why it's such a big deal you know if uh, someone brings bonds on chain it just means you can buy bonds on chain which is functionally just an interest bearing stable coin at you know whatever percent which just happens to be high enough now that it becomes appealing. But um, there are lots of there are lots of interest-bearing stablecoin options out there. There are lots of stablecoin LPs that are getting emissions, and when you auto compound them, you're functionally you're functionally just earning a rate on a stablecoin. Um, you know, you got to take a bit of LP risk there, sure. But um, what's the Again, the, the, the mechanism that connects off-chain bonds to on-chain bonds, uh, how much risk are we going to carry in that as well? You know, ma maintaining some kind of peg or price correlation just so that we can get bonds on-chain. Mm -hmm. Right. And moving on to, to the next segment, right? So we, we've talked about this, so we understand that we are both like kind of on the same page that we do like RWAs. <laughs> but on the flip side, what will be the DeFi sector that you're most bullish on instead? Currently, CDPs, uh, collateralized deposition protocols, I think they're still at their... I mean, they've kind of proliferated recently. We saw like just a lot of uh, you know liquidity forks everywhere. But I think we're going to start to see some uh, creams of the crop start to rise. Yeah, they all seem to 
during fork season, everything pops up and it's all the same. And then when things start to quieten down and the the token prices start to calm down, uh, we start to see different protocols take different directions. Uh, and that's when we start to see the, the long-termers. So uh, as an both ecosystem contributor, I'd be remiss of me not to mention Ethos Reserve. Uh, and, you know, with V2 coming up, there's some some really cool infrastructure coming out and I it it all makes a lot of sense to me uh, direction wise and you know I, I sincerely hope that it competes well but uh, mm-hmm. as the as the collateralized debt position as these protocols mature uh, and as the this sort of sector starts to mature I think there are some really cool derivative applications that will come from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Will we be seeing more articles from you about what's coming for Ethos Reserve? You will, yes. On your Substack, oh. or like will you be writing on behalf of the project? Uh, well, I'll I'll probably st- I'll start publishing. Uh, I mean, I can. I'd like to keep publishing through Medium, but I'll definitely be publishing lots more through the Oath Ecosystem blog. So, if you're if you're an Oathy and if you care to read that stuff then everyone should check out the both ecosystem website and there's a blog there so i'll start pushing some content through there and twitter as well i think (laughs) nice all right i think the twitter twitter algorithm is like favoring long-form content on twitter right now yeah is something that i've heard so i'll start pushing some content through there i guess nice looking forward to it tag me in there so i can take a read of course Right, and moving on to to the broader market perspective, right? What is your take on on the markets? Like, where do you think? And I know you're a long term guy, right? Like, you don't care about price up or down in the next two days or something. But what's your kind of take on the markets for the rest of the year? Right, we're left with a few months left. I mean, September now, and of course, moving into twenty twenty four, where we have the Bitcoin halving as well. Let's hear it. Uh, I think, I mean, I think it's just sideways or down. Some people might not want to hear it, but I think it's just sideways and a combination of sideways and down. Yeah, I mean, everything, everything, I'm, I'm in Australia. If you can't, if listeners can't pick up the accent and uh, everything here is getting more expensive, like rents are, rents are skyrocketing, petrol's expensive, groceries are expensive. Uh, I don't think, I don't think inflation is really coming down anytime soon i mean you can look at cpi data and whatnot but realistically inflation is i measure it as 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 my take home you know it's it's what it's the money that i have left at the end of paying for everything and inflation is high so and i i don't see it coming down particularly soon i'm not a macro guru by any means i don't yeah i don't research it a lot and i don't i don't trade against it but it's just, I mean, it just doesn't look very good, you know. Uh, as, as far as crypto goes, I mean, crypto is just going to get um, smashed, I think, by, by uh, risk off. Uh, whether, that, whether, look, whether it leads to, you know, the United States having to print money or whatever, people, people think it will or it won't. I have no idea. I'm just more focused on protocols that are, building good tools that will last the test of time. 
Nice. I think you're one of the few, which is interesting, right, to mention that we're either sideways or down because most of the people that, that have come on, right, they're that say we're going to go sideways and then maybe a little bit upwards moving into the halving. So I think it's nice to hear a different take, right? And like, of course, there's no right or wrong here, just the, the opinions, right? So we want to hear from different people and why they think so. So if everyone's giving the same answer, then it's, it's kind of boring, right? Yeah, I mean, if people think it's going to go up because of the halving... Um, then it's going to go down. <laughs> like, I mean, you can do some, some maths about block rewards and, and supply constraints of Bitcoin, but the reality is that the the money that's required to move the market up appreciably is not interested in buying lots of Bitcoin in the current macro conditions regardless of whether there's a halving or not. That's that's my that's my two cents as a non-macro expert and someone who doesn't trade. Uh, I just don't see it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm super bullish on Bitcoin long term, uh, but I'm not about to buy a ton of Bitcoin just because there's a halving coming up because everything is just so expensive. So it doesn't make sense. I think, yeah, I mean, if you think it's going up, I hope you're right, but you might just be swimming in bags right now i don't know everybody just <laughs> wants to go up i just i don't see the reason why it will yeah we've been like going down only for like two years already right i think almost been yeah. two years and there was a nice run from like 16k to 30k or something on bitcoin but uh maybe just a rally i don't know mm-hmm. right i mean only time will tell right we can look back at, on this um about one year from now Six yeah, it, yeah, and if Bitcoin hits an all-time high, everyone can just come and laugh at me or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all have vested, invested bags already, right? Like we're holding to some bags that you might not be buying now, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I just always buy a little bit. Every, yeah. every month, I just buy mm-hmm. a little bit of good stuff. All right, and, and let's move on to, to get to know UV now. Um like, how's your routine like right now as a, someone who's recently doing a full-time crypto right after you left your day job mm-hmm. and, and also recently married? So how's your day look like, man? A day in the life of UV? Yeah, uh, it's it's so good. I mean, I was like, uh, I was working an office job uh, that had me like away from home a lot. And now I'm functionally working from home. I was also living in a different state to my partner, now wife, for a long time. So in the space of the last few months, like we got married, we now live together and everything. And it's just fun all the time. Uh, We're just always looking for activities, going to place like just random sports. Uh, I I like to rock climb a lot and she likes to come. She she rock climbs a lot as well. She's uh, getting insanely strong. So, yeah, I mean, I spend most of my day researching, uh, writing a little bit of code. And, uh, yeah, if I have time, like, I, I, I like to go rock climbing. Nice. Right, actually, that, that was my, like, next question about your hobbies. So, uh, I'm taking that as rock climbing, right? Yeah, yeah, rock what, climbing. What else do you like to do then? Like, uh, I've seen uh, that you are starting to run more often as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like week two of running. Like I just hate it. I hate it so much. No, no, no. I'm running like once a week, um, ah. but I'm starting to 
like uh, do a little bit more conditioning work throughout the week for the weekly run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to, yeah, I read books. Uh, I read books nice. written by uh, physicists and philosophers Ooh, wow. of, of days ago. So uh, what Victor are you reading Stoke, right now? Uh, right now, I'm actually reading a book called Women Who Run With The Wolves. Ooh, what is that about? Uh, it's actually, I mean, it's like an anthropological exploration of uh, of different cultural myths and fairy tales and how it empowers women, uh, which is not something that I would normally read, and that's exactly why I picked it up. Yeah, conceptually, it's yeah, it's not something that I would ever otherwise read. Nice, but it was recommended to me, and I thought, you know what? Let's read it. Let's find out. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I usually read uh, nonfiction literature from, mm-hmm. you know, written in the 17th and 18th century. So this is very different. Yeah, nice. Like you never know what you you might pick up in a book and it was kind of unexpected and in a good way. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And like, what about some of your goals, right? Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you set something for yourself, right? Like you can't be just going full-time crypto uh, on a sudden impulse, right? So let's hear it. Yeah, I mean the the goal was kind of to, I mean the goal to the the goal is to define my own future. I guess um, I left the sort of corporate world uh, in a sense. Uh, so now I'm kind of just doing my own thing. Yeah, I mean I just I, I just want to learn more. I just want to research more. I just want to do more cool stuff. And have time to do more cool stuff uh, and just have fun. And I guess I should probably have a more productive long-term goal. But I just recently quit my job. So I'm kind of focused on the short-term goal of just chilling out and doing what I want to do instead of what somebody tells me to do. And actually, that's great, man. Like, I would love to be able to do whatever I want to do instead of having someone else tell me what to do as well. The yeah, power it's, of freedom. it's a pretty cool feeling. It's a pretty cool feeling. It's great that like, you have control over your own time, right? You have freedom to do what you want, whenever you want. Yeah. I, mean, it's very, I would strongly recommend it to anyone who is in a fortunate enough position that they might be able to uh, experience it. Yeah, definitely. And we've been chatting for a bit now, right? Um, I like to close off usually with two questions. With the first one being your greatest takeaway from being in crypto. Hmm, my greatest takeaway, I think it's just to immerse yourself in your research. Uh, just try to understand things better. You know, if you're, if, I mean, if you're a trader and you just want to buy coins and watch the price go up or whatever, just uh, really understand the the protocol that you're buying into uh, and think critically about why, uh, why certain protocols are doing certain things. Think critically about what else is achievable. Uh, you know, DeFi and crypto and smart contracts – they unlock a whole world of applications for, uh, you know, financial technology. And I think if everybody 
takes a little bit of time to think critically about what we can achieve. Uh, maybe we'll get there a bit faster instead of just solidly forks forever. <laughs> right. I, I mean, like just think bigger. That's my takeaway. Think bigger. Nice. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny you mentioned the solidly forks at the end because we just had one pretty hot one, right, on base. Yeah. All right, nice. Anyways. Oh, look, yeah, yeah I ahead. can rant about solidly forks forever, but I won't. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, uh, let, let's go off to close off this thing with your three guest nominations for me for the podcast. Okay, so my first is Nally from the Beethoven X team. Uh, Nally has been a big supporter of mine and has always been uh, a, a sounding board for me to to speak with. Uh, he's just a really good dude and I really like his takes and I think you should have him on. The next one is if Subli wants to come on, uh, Subli DeFi, he's got a, I think he's got his own podcast, but he should come on this one anyway uh, just to speak about uh, optimism broadly. I think optimism mm-hmm. is doing some really cool stuff and he's, he's pretty involved in, in multiple protocols. So I think he'd be good to have on because he understands the whole ecosystem. And the other one is a little bit of a wild card, but if he's willing to do it, uh, I think you should get Degachi on. Uh, Degachi. It's a very familiar name from Phantom. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's when I sort of first came across him and I've sort of been, uh, quietly like fly on the wall stalking him for since forever. But I think he's a really cool dude and, uh, he seems to be making some really cool stuff. So if he's willing to come on, I know he's pretty anon, I think, but if he's willing to come on, I reckon it'd be pretty dope to, to, to hear what he's working on and to uh, hear what he thinks about mm-hmm. things. Is he a dev? I can't really remember. Please help me jog my memory a bit. Yeah, he's 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 a dev. Uh, I think he's I think he freelances, but I'm not sure if he's currently like contracted somewhere or something. But he's uh, I mean, he's uh, as far as I understand, he his background is a, is a little bit as a, a freelance dev and. Uh, selling tools and automating exploit infrastructure and stuff. It's pretty cool stuff. Awesome. For the, right. For the right reasons, presumably. But <laughs> yeah, cool dude. Yeah, right. Nice. And I totally love the first two um, suggestions as well. Like Nelly is a kind of long-term friend as well from like from the Phantom days as well. And Subri, of course, everyone has seen his work, right? Especially focusing on the um, optimism chain. So it'll definitely be a good chat uh, with him as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very and good. Thank you so much, uh, UV, for for coming up, and thank you to the listeners for taking the time to listen into this episode. I highly recommend you guys check out um, UV on on his Twitter where he posts some information from time to time. Right. I believe you would see more long form posting as well, and of course his um, medium as well. But uh, we're linking down below. Take a read. He does really deep dives into all these big topics as well and yeah that's it we'll see you in the next episode yeah thanks man cheers that brings us to the end of this episode i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did before you go do remember to give us a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button so you never miss a thing 
comment down below what you liked about this episode, who you would like me to interview next, or any topics that you want to learn more about. Until next time, this is Moose, moving out.